Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, B-Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening in, and as always, thank you for giving me your time. Today I'm here with... K-Ron Valentine. And give us a little background on yourself, man. Where you from? What you do? Um, for the most part, I'm a man of the community. Um, grew up pretty much in Pasadena, California, and then moved to the Midwest. I lived in Indiana for a minute. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Got that minute. People say I got a little accent. You yeah, know. I hear it. Yeah, I thought yeah. you was from over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time out there. Yeah. And... For the most part, it's a few things I do. I mean, I'm an educator, I'm an author, curriculum developer, training consultant, but all of it is to be said is all of that is aligned to uplift the people. Yeah. So that's what that's what I'm here for. All right. So yeah. when did when did you figure out that that was something that you wanted to do is just you want to be of service to the people? Yeah. Um the way that really happened is as a young man, I was let's call myself a disengaged youth. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I was real disengaged and was you know, involved in, in some of the stuff of that time period, you know, uh, the streets type stuff. Yeah. And I was always intelligent. Yeah. And long story short, I was able, to, I got accepted to college. And when I got into college, I got introduced to so much information that I had never heard of before. Yeah. I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm like, homie, they've been, they've been lying to us. You know what I'm saying? They've been yeah. lying to us. So nobody wants to feel played. Right. So that helped me transition my thinking process like right. where I'm like okay and then you know anybody that gets a piece of knowledge first thing you want to do is share it yeah so I'm trying to <laughs> I'm giving people I'm like you know I'm that guy the guy did with you know the, this did you yeah, know that? yeah yeah that's, that's me that's yeah, yeah. me right but I'm like okay that can only go so far yeah and then as I continue to mature I end up wanting to be a teacher right because I never had a black male teacher in my whole public school experience mm. not one and I'm like okay I want to change the game yeah and I want to be a teacher and long story short I became a teacher and then that just led to me wanting to just make deeper impact. I, I used to connect with them youngsters so much. Yeah. They, you know, they gravitated to me. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up working with youngsters in the, in the juvenile system. Right. So I did work with incarcerated youth for 10 years out here in L.A. I still work with them in Baltimore. Right. Yeah. So I do that. And it's just always been I'm not a, I'm not the type to complain unless I'm willing to be a part of the solution. Yeah. So I'm always looking like, man. The schools is not doing this. Not, okay, well, let me be a part of the school mm-hmm. system. Let me get up in oh, yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the curriculum is not. Well, then let me write a curriculum. Right. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm that guy. So everything has been organic. It's just I want to be a part of the solution, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a doer. So. Be the change that you want to see. That's it. Yeah, and then it. being a part of the community, I really learned that piece in high school because I went to an all-boy high school um, back in Detroit mm-hmm. called University of D- Detroit Jesuit. And the Jesuit values was like, be a man for others, be loving, be open to growth, be be this, this, and that. And they did a good job of instilling that in you without it feeling forced upon you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's also one of those schools where it's like, you don't really notice the inherent value until you leave. And then you like, dang, <laughs> not everybody had this high school experience because right. you're going through it. And it's like, a, uh, it's like a college prep type high school. So it's hard in mm-hmm. terms of like the curriculum and what the teachers dishing out and stuff. So you sitting in there, you'll be complaining and stuff. You're like, man, I'm tired of this. And some people will drop. You know what I'm saying? They just can't, they can't handle it. So yeah. they'll drop. They'll go to the public school where it's easier. At. Mm-hmm. And if you stick in, you'll notice that the brotherhood that you get when you graduate, it just never leave. And one thing I always end up, hearing back from my friends from, like, the ones that I graduate, the one I'm really still still cool with, the ones that's down in college doing their thing, we all just able to hit each other up and have that connection to where it's yeah. like, I don't got to talk to you every day, but, like, if you need something, come through because we didn't have different ex- – we didn't have the same experience. It all felt like a shared experience. Right. And I even – 
I know, like, in a public school, it don't feel that shared. No. Because you got the groups that dip off with each other, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You got this group, maybe somebody come from over here, and then you got people that hang outside of school. But it's like, when you get to this close-knit community where it's like, mm-hmm. not that many kids, all one gender, you know what I'm saying? It's like a different type of bondage. Yeah. We not bonded because we like the same girls. We bonded because we actually got to get to know each other and utilize the help that we can give each other. So, And you know what's powerful about that? And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Because what I'm hearing is you was in a school that all of those values was embedded in the culture. Yeah. So you didn't even really notice it because <laughs> this is just what we do. This, yeah. Right? This is, and, and, and on the flip side of that, which is why I do this work, it's the same thing. Yeah. We don't even notice it, but a lot of stuff is counterproductive and destructive, being real. Mm-hmm. But this is just what we do, yeah. you know, until you stop and then, like you say, until you get out of it. Yeah. And then you be like, wait a Dang. minute, right? Everybody yeah. ain't on this. Everybody That's ain't. What it's even, on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with the, uh, that that play a big role in, like, environments in general. Like, also coming from Detroit, I say this a lot, but it's like, you know them type of environments. Even in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Were you from Gary, Indiana? I was in place all Muncie, Indiana. All right. But I know Gary is like, yeah, could it, be just as bad. But like, yeah. Detroit, it's like... You you get so used to what's going around you, you know what I'm saying? You see kids dying, you you losing close family yep. members, you losing close friends and stuff, and you see it happening, and you get desensitized to it. Yep. So it just becomes something that you see every day. And then even in elementary and middle school, it's just that's just the talk. We we laughing and joking about it, but we know it really ain't a game. Right. But it's like that's just the reality that we live in. And being able to step outside of that and go to a whole new environment, you mm. really look back and be like, dang, I'm so, question: yeah. were, were you growing up in that type of environment, and then went to this school, or was you outside of the environment? When we talk about like the the streets type yeah, stuff, yeah, like, no, I was in that environment. So you was in it, yeah. and then you go to the school, uh-huh. and you got a whole nother. Yeah. So, question: If you don't mind me, how did how did that work? Where okay, when I'm home, this is what everybody on. Yeah. But you you getting groomed <laughs> in a whole like you yeah. get like you got the secret sauce over yeah. here. Like man, I'm I'm being in on the secret. Yeah. Yeah. How did that? How'd you balance that? So being able to, I don't know. It was because. So I give a big applause to my parents for like. They understand where I'm at in terms of like the neighborhoods we in and then where we going and it's two separate households mm-hmm. and um, but they still understand like they didn't been through it and stuff so they like if he get loose we know what he can be but they saw something in me to where it was like keep him in these different communities so even growing up you don't really realize that you in it because I'm always around different cultures I'm around the Mexican cultures the middle school uh, elementary school I went to was a lot of Bangladesh kids there so I'm understanding what Muslim how Muslims work and what they doing I got a bunch of Muslim friends I got black friends from the hood I got hold on did I have rich friends I don't know if I had rich friends yet but mm-hmm. I was meeting people from all these different backgrounds and then I'm going home and I'm in the environment that I'm in but the people around me even in those environments saw something in me too so I'll be outside hooping with people with ankle monitors on. So right. I got a whole different feel for the game when it come to basketball. I ain't really tripping if somebody talking crazy because I know it's like the play for like, you don't know if the dude going to spaz out. Yeah, you get real, hard. real, real you know fast. Yeah. So <laughs> I come from that, and it was like even, <laughs> even them seeing me like who I was and what I do playing sports, that was a big part of everything I had going on. They would be like, yo, Austin, just you smart, stay in them books, and we're going to look out for you. So they didn't even try to let the, the, the bad get to me, you know what I'm saying? So... Mm-hmm. I wasn't sheltered from it in terms of I didn't see it going on, but I was sheltered from it in terms of we're not going to let them fall into this. So I was able to observe while being in there, yeah. and I was able to leave and see the flip side. But it's like I'm going to this 
private school every day, but I'm coming back to the hood. So right. I'm like, dang. And that's when I really noticed myself disconnecting from the people that I once knew. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against them because it's always love when I see them. But it's like I had to disengage myself from that environment while also understanding what I learned while I was there. Yeah. And, and then yeah, yeah, being able to not switch up because I think that's what people mean. with like, man, you switched up, this, this, and that. Nobody ever gave me that type of, you know, I never heard that back in my face. I always come back and I'm showing love. And somehow they all understand that, man. Austin just got it going on, bro. Yeah. We ain't, ain't going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They see me they be like, you still hooping? I be like, no, I'm on football. Now they like, give me tickets when you make it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, they that's applaud all, you. Yeah, that's all they ever say is, Austin, when you get up out of here, don't even look back. You know what I'm saying? Come give back, but don't don't look back in terms of you not missing out on nothing. Right. You, you good. You straight. So, oh, that's some real homies right there. Yeah, dog. And that's they was good. all older. Yeah. Like, I'm seven, eight years old, and I'm playing with 20, 25-year-olds, and they just dishing stuff out to me. I'm hearing stuff. I remember late night, I was outside hooping at, like, 2, 3 in the morning. I don't know what I was doing, but, like, they was all outside. You know how I'd be on the block. They was outside, and they're like, oh, come here, come here, come here, come here. And, you know, sometimes they be kind of tipsy, but when they tipsy, that'd be the real. Yeah, that's when they know? come they, out. Yeah, they, they, they all, they just, yeah, they, they want to like, pour into you. They like, man, <laughs> we be seeing you doing your thing, man. Just know, just... Just, man, you ain't never got to worry about nothing, dog. You know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. you on the way. Don't even look back. Don't worry about nothing. Don't think you're not going to make it because you're going to be there. So just, yeah. and we're going to be here for you if something go wrong. So if anything wrong, you don't even handle it. Just call us and we'll figure it out. And, it, ah, and then getting to high school, seeing them kids, seeing different type of money. Because, you know, when you in the city, you see all the fast money. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. don't really know where it's coming from. But then you get to the private school and you see the corporation money, you see the corporate money, you see the old money, you see the money being passed down. It's totally so, different. So yeah. you like, dang, it's getting it's quick over here, but you telling me they waited for it and it, it and it's still coming through and you the great great grandson of who and he gave you what and how it still work and you still want to be here? Right. Understanding and meeting kids that that is laid out for them, they don't got to do nothing else ever, but they still here grinding, getting mm-hmm. to something. I know a dude, his name Connor Black. And he come from a nice uh, family, you know what I mean? They got their uh, bar in Detroit. It's called Dick O'Dowell's. Okay. And it's a really good bar. You know, they set, and he know that he could be set to do whatever he want, and it'd, he'll just get whatever he want. But he like, nah, Austin, I want to do something else. Like, it's something I'm I'm into, like, creating stuff, being yeah. online and messing with the computers and stuff. So I watch him grind to get his own thing. Even though he it, could he, be. <laughs> yeah, even though he in the house yeah. where everything could be given to mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And he understand how blessed he is and, him being aware of what's going on, I try to feed into him what I went through because it's important to know both sides of the coin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was at his house one night, and he like, Austin, are you, like, really from Detroit? Or are you just, like, because, you know, some people are claiming and be from, like, Royal Oak. The outside. Yeah, 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 they yeah, from yeah. the outside. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I'll just show you where I live. So I looked it up, and he was like, dude, I ain't even. Yeah, he's You're like. from Detroit, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he, like, he was like, man, if you ever need anything, just hit me up. And that's. He was opened up to a whole new, like, he don't even know this part of Detroit exists. Yeah. And being able to show him that opens him up to, like, it's more than my world out here, so I got to be even more careful with what I'm doing. Yeah. Let me applaud you on something, just hearing that, brother, yeah. because that, thank you for sharing that, too, no because it's a, well, it's a lot that I heard in there. Yeah. But one thing that I find in our community, first of all, I, I like that you shared a story where, Everybody in the hood wasn't painted as a hater. Yeah. You know, everybody ain't hating. There's a lot of hate, but everybody ain't hating. That's the first thing. So I love that. But the challenge in our communities a lot of times is what keeps us connected Mm. is the struggle. Yeah. So 
as long as you know I'm struggling, you struggling, you struggling. We we tapped in. Oh man, he man he real like me. He real. Yeah. He a real one. Yeah. The moment that you kind of get out of, it's always gonna be a struggle. But the moment you get out of this common struggle, like you just said, people, oh, you switched up, you switched up. Yeah. But it's like, no, I didn't switch up. I'm leveling up, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I and I'm hearing in, in just in your conversation in your journey that that ain't been nothing that's been in your way where you yeah. like where you where you self sabotage cuz mm-hmm. you're trying to stay connected to the struggle. It's yeah. like, "No, nah, I'm going to get it." <laughs> yeah. And that's real. And we need more young brothers and sisters and older brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. you know, with that mindset. No, no, level up. Yeah. We know what that's about. Like, you know what I mean? that, that ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that's I can always go back. If, that, if I really want that, it's there. Yeah. But let me go see what this is about, why right. that window is open. Mm-hmm. So salute. Salute, Thanks, brother. man. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I really want to ask you, because I remember when I came into that CBCSA meeting that you was at, you was doing that panel, and I don't know what told me to just even go over there. I was just walking out willy-nilly. I didn't even know what the thing was going on. Okay. So, so I fall in. I'm like, dang, he talking about something that my dad be talking about, you know, uh, removing the black man from the household. Yeah. That's what you was writing about, right? No, I was talking about um, the crack the crack generation. The crack epidemic. Yeah, Talk, that whole keep, time Could you period. just give a little something on that? Well, yeah, I wrote a book called Beyond the Crack Generation. Yeah. And the, and the subtitle is Surviving a Trauma-Organized Culture. Right. And basically what it's about, just talking about what that time period did for our generation when it comes to, back to what we said, culture and psyche. Yeah. Yeah, many of us have seen the movies when we know about the game banging and the shoot em up. Like, we got that. Yeah. But the, 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 the story that I, that I was talking about is what it did to our culture. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, during that time period, um, what's not really spoken of is the crack epidemic was ran. The, the, well, let me not say ran. The crack business mm-hmm. was a kid's business. Right. Kids. So, unlike in other uh, drug trades, you know, if you ever watch old mafia movies and stuff like that, you remember yeah. you may have the little youngster who wanted to be down. Yeah. He got to go run and get a sandwich. He got to yeah. go. He got to be a runner first. Yeah. And he work his way up. What movie? It was a movie like that. Uh, like, something with Sonny. Was Sonny Carson? The story of Sonny Carson. You ever seen that movie? No. Nah. Oh, that's a good movie. I, I'll look it up. And yeah, I want to see. It. I love right, them type of movies. Yeah, but go right? ahead. Yeah. But but you had to work your way up. Uh huh. During the crack epidemic, it was not so. All you needed was. $20 to get you a 20 dub. I ain't going to go through all of that. Yeah. But you could get in it. And at that time, it was kids that were selling it. Yeah. Now, it might be older folks selling the powder and all that, but the, 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 the curb on the corner on the corner yeah. was kids. Yeah. Now, the ones who was buying it was adults. Mm-hmm. So just think about if I'm 13, 14 years old and all the homies, we all on the block. Yeah. But everybody that we serving is our daddy's age. And you know what I'm saying? Right. What does that do to our psyche? Yeah. So now we're starting to cut off the wisdom where now it's like, oh, man, you can't tell me oh, nothing. Oh, you don't want to listen to yeah, the old. Yeah, yeah, man, you I can't tell me yeah. nothing. <laughs> man, 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 shut up, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. there's all this disrespect now. Uh-huh. So now, as a kid, I may have more money than the, than the old head, so to speak. Yeah. I got more respect because I'm on the block. You know, yeah. I've got the pit. They know what I, what I do. And it's all of the, and now I don't want to listen. Yeah. So now that's the, that's that's flipping the generational rankings in our community. Mm. So when you look in our community, we are the only ones who really disrespect elders. Right. Everybody else look up to the elders. They we like man, oh, you know, shut up, man. Right? Yeah, you don't know, right? Yeah. A, I mean, I'm not gonna blame it all on that era, but a lot of it came from that era. Yeah, and then you know what I noticed is like it. 
it might have something to do. I mean, the people that do end up listening to the older people is the people that end up being raised by their grandparents. Because mm-hmm. I know I was around my great grandparents and my grandparents when I was younger. I was fortunate enough to do that. I met my great great grandma. Oh wow! And we got to hunt, hang out like she great, helped raise. Great. Yeah, two greats. <laughs> oh, wow! My grandma, grandma. So I'm like. I don't know, in terms of me understanding that they actually got something to say and it's like I should sit down and listen to them no matter what's going on. Yeah. That was instilled in me, so that's why I look up to them. But like you were saying, I do see they, they be like, man, they don't know what they talking about, dog. He yeah. just an old dude. He mm-hmm. don't know what he mean. And that's crazy. And, and, it's, broke, and it's, it's broken up a lot of our, our communication. Yeah. So now you got the, the key... You got, man, I remember the big homie was a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could be 14, the big homie is 16. Like, yeah. we kids. How is he the big homie, right? Yeah. It's, it's that mentality. So we talked about that and just talk about, I mean, of course, in the music and all that stuff happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and the whole point of that wasn't just to talk about that piece. It was to talk about how uh, that time period, along with other stuff, caused a lot of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about right. that and how trauma built these strong neurological pathways that's like way harder to break than anything else because it's so ingrained in you that you don't want to let it happen again. And that's, that's right. how you end up falling back into it. And for people that don't understand, it's like the way the brain work is 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 meant to help you survive like on Earth. So it makes sense that if something traumatizing happened, it's going to remember that the most out of anything. Mm-hmm. And you're going to resort back to that level of behavior because that's what it feels like it can use to protect you. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So now let's use what you just said. How, okay, boom, I'm an individual. I've experienced some trauma. My neurological pathways have changed. Yeah. Now I'm hypervigilant. Anytime uh, anything that resembles my past experience yeah. happens, red flags go off, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the alarm system shuts up, right? Yeah. That's me individually. Mm-hmm. But then my homeboy is dealing with the same thing. Yeah. Then my mama dealing with the same thing. Then my yeah. girlfriend dealing with the same thing. So now what starts to happen is not only am I dealing with my responding to my own trauma, mm-hmm. we're all doing it, and now we're creating cultural norms. Mm-hmm. And we're calling these cultural norms. This is how we do things. But yeah. no, these are trauma responses. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? These yeah. are trauma responses that we have made cultural norms. Uh-huh. So then, like you said, the challenge is once you get this, these trauma responses, it's very hard to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And then you end up creating more trauma. Like, yeah. So let me give you an example. Let's say I was at a party, you know, and hopefully, you know, if anybody's ever gone through this, I'm not trying to trigger anybody. But let's say I'm at a party mm-hmm. and somebody look at me crazy and I notice it. But then he ends up shooting up the party later. Yeah. I'm going to always remember that. That I got that look. That look. popped off. Right? Yeah. Every time. So anytime somebody look at me now, I'm on one. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm like, what, what, what are you looking, what are you at, looking me? at me? Why are you looking at me? Right? Yeah. Well, now here's how that works. What I don't know, let's just say I seen you, this, you know, hypothetically, and you looking at me because you done been through some things. Yeah. So you looking for that look. Mm-hmm. So you looking around, and we lock eyes. Yeah. You like... What bro looking at me like that for? Yeah, so and, and I'm thinking, <laughs> what bro looking at me like that for? So that's how y'all pop off and, and get the and y'all ain't got no type no of beef, pipe, don't even know each no other. No beef, no nothing. <laughs> but we're both responding to our trauma. Yeah. And then we're taught this is how you're supposed to respond because uh-huh. the culture has told us, man, if somebody look at you a certain you know what I'm saying? Just pop off, don't even think about it. Don't speaking. even think. Yeah. Don't even think. Yeah. So now this becomes cultural norms that we start to teach the next generation, mm-hmm. even if they haven't experienced trauma. Yeah. 
this young man ain't even experienced trauma, but I'm telling him, hey, bro, if somebody look at you a certain way, so now this becomes the culture. Yeah. You see it? So how uh-huh. do you get out of that when now it's the social, back to what you started off with, now these are the values that we're teaching. Yeah. You know, you got to don't let nobody disrespect you, whatever that means. You're right. What, first of all, what is disrespect? Yeah, yeah. what, what is that? You know, that could yeah. be anything. Yeah. So now it's so hard to get out of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Unless you, like you gave an example you got to get in another environment. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of see things. Like you, when you went back in the hood, you could see it from a different lens than when you're just stuck in it and you don't have no other option to see nothing else, right? Right, yeah. And that's, that's what the book is about, like uh-huh. really breaking that down and how do we get out of that. Yeah, and that's and you know, one thing I noticed is how like that whole thing end up speeding up the aging process mm-hmm. in terms of, because age isn't, yeah, age show up on your body, but age is also a mental thing, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Somebody 14 can go through more than what a 50-year-old has gone through if they're in two different environments. So it's like, like you were saying, being in them environments and doing these things, bro, you selling crack or something like that, and you now you seeing stuff that you're not supposed to be seeing yet, so now they done sped up your aging process, so now you 20... Living the life of a seventy-year-old, you know what I'm saying? Yo, you, you, you out talking here. about man? I don't, I don't go out. I don't do no clubbing. You bro, already, you, just, you only twenty-two. What do you mean you don't go out no more? You already, you already no just hang it up, and you, you don't know what to do with the rest of the time here, and then wow. they just get so lost, and they be. Man, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. And you 20, you 22, yeah. you 23, and you like, man, I ain't got no time left. And it's like, no, nah, you got. You just really getting started. Yeah, like you don't really get true quote unquote freedom till you turn 18 and you 23. So you really only been in the life game for about five years. Right. But since you had these experiences, you feel like you didn't been in it for the last 10. And it's like, you just everybody on go. You know, what I'm that's a great point. Yeah. So now you, it's very hard to really project and be like, you know, in the next 10, 20 years, I'm. It's like, I'm already living my life. You think you already lived it. Right. Like, no, you ain't even got started. Yeah. And That's a good point. I was talking to somebody last night, and it was she was talking about, oh, yeah, one of my friends, she was talking about um, she tutored this girl, and she asked her, do you think about anything about, like, uh, higher education or whatever? And the little girl was like, yeah, I want to go so-and-so high school. And then she like, well, no, I'm talking about, like, college, but she made a point is, like, in the environments that some of these kids is in, they don't even know that the possibility of going to college no. is even in a vicinity. Mm-hmm. They like, if as long as I make it to high school, I'm straight, I'm, I'm cruising. Good. Yeah, yeah, and I did what I was supposed to do. People never really, they never thinking about the next steps. And it's also, it's almost like the environment, because I got an environmental studies class, and it was like, it was Shell is building these, um, they build these ocean oil mines or whatever, and it's like they put these big, Imagine this podcast stick just implanted in the ocean, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And it's there to suck up the oil. It's like an oil well, right? And so once they get all the oil from that certain spot, what are they going to do with the dang on um the the the, the structure? Yeah, yeah so yeah. and then they just got to leave it there and then they got an option to like either sink it or pull it out of the ground and sit, ship it, try to get it recycled and think of all these other things. And then they be stuck for years just trying to figure out what they going to do cuz they like all right, if I'm gonna pay seventy million to get this one up, I gotta pay seventy million to get every other one up. So they going down in private, so they thinking about how they gonna make more money, and they like, well, I could just sink it, and the ocean big enough, so I guess that'd be cool. But that just show you how even the biggest corporations go into things without even thinking about the end. It's mm. important to think of. You gotta start What's from next? the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta understand where do you want to end up being at. Yeah. And these corporations out here just leaving this here and they doing all this stuff and they get the benefit of the journey, you know what I'm saying? But when they get to the end, they like, oh, what now? Mm-hmm. Nobody ever got 
you don't gotta have a plan B, but you gotta have a second plan. Yeah. As soon as the first plan done, you look. Now what? Yeah, so you gotta do something else. You gotta keep yourself going and you gotta keep yourself motivated and driven to wanna do more. And that's a big deal too when you say that because when you think about corporations and stuff like that, one thing that a lot of them do is they, like you just said, a lot of times they, they just plan to the money. Yeah. Right? But they plan. They have a plan, 5, 10, 20, 20 year plan, right? Yeah. Now, now, what happens after? They don't get yeah, whatever. They exactly. not, oh, I already got the money. <laughs> but going back to like what we're talking about with our communities and, and our social norms, mm-hmm. it's not a lot of planning. Yeah. You could go, like, I know, I just speaking from my, on my own experience, I know people that I grew up with. Hey, man, let, let, let's, let's, let's schedule a time to, to link up in, in two weeks. Yeah. Nah, nah, I don't, I don't plan that far. You know, hit, hit me the day up, I'll let you know. Cause, they, cause we like we don't plan. Yeah, we won't even plan two weeks. Yeah, let alone two years. You and see I'm, what I'm saying? I'm guilty of falling into that too. Cause I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't be know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm be at. So yeah, like, yeah. just hit me up closer to that time, and we'll figure it out. But that's... I do the same thing. Yeah. You, you know, I do. Cause we well, that's how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I right, go. Right, right, cool. I didn't reserve these straight. Yeah. All right, man. That's was... how we do, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I had, whoa, what was that point I was just about to hit on? You was talking about the... Uh, the planning? The planning ahead, and then, dang, I lost it. But okay, come we'll back. come back, but yeah. but that's something that we need to think about, too, when we start talking about our social norms. Mm-hmm. Getting comfortable, and again, none of this stuff is easy fixes, but planning. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, we just, I, I take life as it comes. No, 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 you got to steer life. If yeah. you take it as it comes, it's always give, like, I have a curriculum called Live Above the Height. okay. And like one of the lessons that we talk about is steering your steering your life. Mm-hmm. If I'm on a freeway and I'm doing 90 miles an hour, and you know it's curves and stuff on the freeway, and I keep my foot on the gas and take my hand off the steering wheel, we all can agree what's eventually gonna happen. You're gonna crash. Eventually, it's gonna happen. I yeah. don't care how much it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Unless I'm steering with my knee or something, yeah. but other than that, it's going to happen. Right. So the same thing applies in life. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing 90 miles an hour, just living this fast, I'm just going. Just going. But I'm not steering. Mm-hmm. I'm going to crash. Like, it, it may be here, it may be down the road, I'm yeah. going to crash. Yeah. So I encourage, you know, people to be like, no, steer your life. Be intentional mm-hmm. about what you want to do. Like, we talk on the way here. You, yeah. You got here and it's running. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You steering your life. You're uh-huh. like, I got to get to it. Yeah. I can't just be drifting. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out here floating around. Really no, let me get to it. And people get that, like what we talking about, mixed up with knowing exactly what's going to happen and how they're going to do it, but it don't even got to be like no, that. No, it don't. And I say this a lot in like almost all of my episodes because I want whoever listening, I need it to be instilled in their brain. And yeah. it's like, you just got to have the blueprint. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The blueprint not going to always go as planned. Even constructors or architecture majors, I'm sure they draw something up, but that's not always how the building going to look that's right. because you figure it out along the way. So you have something out and then you start. And then once you start, you like, oh, we can change that here because it looked better now. So, boom, now you didn't change that. Now you're planning and elevated. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then you keep going and you be like, you know what? I don't even want that there no more. So now you disengaging stuff from the plan. Yep. And now you're making the plan lighter to do. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So you, you get around, but you just got to have something going. You got to have something going and pursue it. Yeah. Because using that blueprint, you may, you know, start with the house. And then by the time you start laying the found- you know, you foundation, you yeah. like, I could build a palace. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You throw the whole blueprint away yeah. and come anew. So you're right. Yeah. You don't have to really know mm-hmm. exactly, but you have to have some kind of direction mm-hmm. and be intentional about yeah. where you're going. And I call it striking first. And that's striking what we, we was talking about that when we was walking mm-hmm. on the way here. And I'm like, dog, I made a video on this on my TikTok, bro, we talking. And it was like, I was just talking. I was like, 
I was laying down. And I was like, no, nah, they need to know this. So I get up and I'm like, what you got to do is you got to strike first. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for things to happen to you. Don't wait to things. Don't wait for things to happen for you. Don't wait for something to just pop up in your life. Have something and just strike first. As long as you get the first hit, now you control the direction of the fight. Yeah. It's almost like you ain't going to wait on nobody to hit you if you're fighting. Pac said bomb first. <laughs> yeah. Get off so first. At least you hit first, so now you control the direction of what's going on. And then stuff start to fall in place because the universe or God or whatever you believe in is not going to grant you anything unless it see you working towards something. That's right. So you got to be able to hit whatever you're doing first, like mm-hmm. coming into college. I can't come to college and wait on the first midterm to be like, oh, damn. What I want to do with the rest of my life, man. Boy, I come in, boom, I got this going, boom, I want that. I got the podcast going. I need to talk to this person, yeah. this person, this person, meet them, meet them, meet them. And then you don't got to, it wasn't even a crazy plan. Like It wasn't something I planned out, but I had intentions of going in and coming out at something. Yeah. Because I remember in high school, it was, how, how did it go in high school? It was more or less like the same way. My, my first strike was probably sports. Yeah. You know, and I'm getting into the school, I'm getting adjusted to the curriculum, but it's, as men, uh, Men don't um what's they call bond together like how women can just talk and meet each other. No. We gotta be doing the activity. It gotta be activity. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So what I'm gonna get into. First I started out hooping and then going out at recess for lunch, we would have like intramural football games. So I don't know nobody here. They didn't went to middle school with each other because it's seventh through twelfth. Okay. And I'm getting here in ninth. So they got a two year head start in terms of knowing each other and you know what I'm saying, having their little groups already. So Boom, I'm on the football field. I could be sitting in the bleachers like, oh, I know how to play football. Right. Or I could go out there. Be on the field. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, give me the ball. Boom, yeah. I catch it like, ah. <laughs> he, he's in. <laughs> yeah, I get the hoop and they like, oh, he can hoop too. Yeah. So it's like being able to do that. So boom, now you struck first and now I'm on the hoop team. I'm on the basketball team. I'm on the football team. End up being on the track team. So stuff like that. And then building those type of connections. And, you know, you get closer with people as you go to the weight room because – yeah, we can lift weights. And, yeah, it's good to be focused on the task at hand, but men can lift weights. We can do that. Yeah. So more of what I was getting out of the weight room was just conversations and getting closer with the guys. We're going to get strong yeah. as it go, but we talking over here. And it may look bad to the coach because coach all like, y'all need to focus this, this, and that. But that's really what's building the bonding. You know what I'm saying? We doing this, but we can do uh, certain activities without our brain being involved. And it, it leaves room for information to come in. So I'm like, yeah. But you know what I was thinking about, man? Boom, right. boom, 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 boom. And they like, man, I was going through the same thing. But mm-hmm. we probably would have never talked about that if we was just sitting in the room. Because we could just cool so out. Let me ask you something. Because yeah. like, even the way we met, you just said it. You didn't even know nothing was going on. No. You saw it was. Yeah. And you went. Yeah. <laughs> so I know a lot of young men, you know, could, particularly your age group, who don't have that. Yeah. They just... They sit on the sideline. Trying to be cool. Be cool. <laughs> I always want to, yeah, yeah. And actually even take pride in not knowing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, I don't know it. I don't, I don't know what's I going on. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know what we do. Right? <laughs> yeah. You have, is that, is that the, like some of the values that came from the house and from the school? Like, where did that come from? Ah, uh, so my mom was like, because I, as a kid, she, she let me go out, you know what I mean? But it was like, I remember one time she was telling me how I came back and she asked me who I was with or whatever. She dropped me off somewhere. She was like, oh, who all was there? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, Austin, you better not go nowhere else without at least coming back to be able to tell me who you was with or what you was doing. Now, she wasn't overprotective of the world. It was like, if I come back not knowing nothing, she going to get mad at this, get mad at that. She just wanted to make sure she knew that she could trust me in terms of looking at my surroundings. So she, she not even worried about who I was with. If something happened, she not going to get on me for 
You know what I'm saying? She, yeah. she a little lenient with that because she was young at one point. She understand what's going on. But she at least want to know that I know she what's going you on. Aware. Yeah. Yeah. So even from after that moment, bro, I was like, all right, I got to at least have some idea of what's going on so you can at least construct a baby picture of what was going on. Even if you don't remember the entire event, right. I can at least tell her, well, we did this, 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 and that. And then I met this person, this person, this person. And the more I came back home and she would ask me how stuff is going and I would open up, the times I would open up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I met boom, 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 boom. And then we was doing this, this, and this. And then their birthday is this. And then they know how wow. to do this. So I'm coming back and I'm knowing stuff. And she's like, there we go. Finally, you get it. So yeah. now that I'm here, I just feel like it's some. If it's something I understand that I want to do, I want the podcast to grow, and not even for my own benefit, but for the benefit of everybody listening. If I want that to happen, like you said, I got to be the one that goes out to look for the stuff. Now, that day in particular, I wasn't going out looking for something to happen, but I yeah. end up falling into something. And it's like, when you fall into something, you got to be aware and be like, oh, all right, this is it right you here. You see it, yeah. I could have came in, came in at the end of the uh, conversation, be like, oh, I missed it, got up, wasn't listening to nothing, just left. But I was like, dang, hold on, let me step back. All right, let me just try to get something at least out of it. I know I missed it, but I had to fall into this for yeah. some type of reason. So let me sit back, observe, try to figure out at least a little bit of what's going on. So it look, kind of looked like I was listening. Right, <laughs> right, right. I, I got something. Yeah, yeah at yeah, least yeah. a conversation started with what I picked up. And then, mm -hmm. it, and then from there, it's like, boom, you could that, approach and then you could talk and then you pitch whatever you got to pitch. And then if y'all talking to people and y'all not need something out of them, but it's something you want to get to, don't butter them up before you act. Get straight to it. You know what I'm saying? I came in, I met him. I was like, yeah, my name is Austin. I do this, this, and that. I just want to tell you I got this podcast. They do this, this, and that. And what you was talking about seemed really important. I would like you to come back on and let, talk about it. I'm not going to... It's cool to ask them how they damn stuff was going, yeah. but people... People don't want to feel like they being manipulated mm -hmm. in terms of like when you asking them for stuff and they respect you more when you get straight to the point. Because I hate when I'm getting buttered up to get asked for something. It's like, bro, don't, don't. Just tell me what you want. What you need <laughs> yeah, so, we can, yeah, yeah. so we can get straight to it and then ask me how I'm doing another Later. day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you come in with this intent and this goal and people will feel that off of you. And they'll Absolutely. be like, oh, he got a, he got a plan. He got an all right bet. And they begin to trust you more so. Yeah. No, well, I'm here, brother. Facts. You, I, I seen it in living color. I seen it. I seen it with my own too. That brother, that's how he moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just, and then the respect part, having respect for everybody that's around you and yeah. everywhere you at, because you don't never know who you're gonna run into. So just if you walk in and you make eye contact with somebody, nod. You know, be the mm -hmm. person that nod. Yeah. You initiate the nod, even if they don't nod back. It's not the end of the world. Don't be taking it all personal, cause. I think every day when I see people, I'm like, dang, I wonder, I just wonder what they thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had yeah. to take myself outside of that mindset of uh, everybody's laughing at me or this, this, and that. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, that's how people would think. And I'm yeah. like, man, ain't nobody thinking about you. They're not even thinking about you. Now that I got out of that, I'm like, what are they thinking about? Yeah. Like, what's just going on up there? And then once you're able to become this curious person, life will uh, be more fulfilling and vibrant because now you're like, oh, what's that? Or yeah. what's that doing? And who was that? And how do they operate? And then yeah. just being genuine with people. You know what I'm saying? I'm really cool friends with some people that have achieved a lot of things, but it's not because of what they've done yeah. for me to interact with them. It's just because we just so happen to interact Connect, and we be yeah. cool and we be clicking. Mm -hmm. So some people have seen me walk in a room and then I'm talking to the CEO of whatever company. And like, well, how you know it? Well, I just met him, you know what I'm saying? We just talking and I take time to try to build those relationships outside of um just saying I got a connection. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a difference between making connections 
And then saying you got a connection, like, oh, I know him, but do you really See, know him? See, that's the, then you hitting it on the nose. I, uh, there's another, I brought another book called Aligning Yourself with the Success You Desire. Yeah. And in that, you know, we talk about how your network determines your net worth, yeah. right? Yeah. So people always say, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And I say, it's not just what you know or who you know, it's who knows you. Yeah. Because I can meet somebody, I can meet the CEO of whatever today, like you just said. I could chop it up. I could get his number, everything. And I'm like, man, I know the CEO of so-and-so. Yeah, but do he remember But does he remember me? Does he know me? If I call, is he picking up? Right. I know him. Yeah. He don't know me. Right. Now, once you get that person to know you, and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that's the connect. A lot of times, we just happy knowing somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Do they know me? Do they know me? And what what am I providing for them to even want to? What do they know you for? And why do I want them to know me? And what reason? Yeah, like, what reason do I want them to know me for? Why am I building this connection? You hitting it on the nose. Why am I getting this network? Do I want this network because I got a job? I want a job I got to get? Or do I want this connection because... It's some inherent value of bringing myself around them and they uplifting my character or whoever I am or whoever I want to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and with that, because now we're talking networking, this is some jewels. Yeah. And I know you got it. It's, I could tell intuitively you got this stuff. If you meet somebody, let's say there's somebody who, let's use the CEO again. Yeah. And you meet them and you call them and they don't call back. Right. Don't take it personal. Right. They don't know you yet. Yeah, you had a conversation. They don't really know you. They don't know the value you bring. Yeah. It may take some time. Uh-huh. There's different people, you know, that I, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. I was persistent. If there's somebody that I wanted to know me, mm-hmm. I was persistent. I never yeah. took it personal. Right. Boom, I'll call. You know, I'm not going to bug them, but then yeah. I may, it may be some time. I'll check in check again. In I'll again. email. <laughs> you know, I'm doing all of that yeah. because I'm trying to get on their radar. Right. They're not trying to get on mine. Uh-huh. So, and then, yeah, go ahead. So I was just like, for anybody out there, don't don't take that stuff personal. Right. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. it's something that you want, be persistent and continue to find, figure out ways that you can show the value that you could bring mm-hmm. to that person. Because they not, again, they not thinking about you and not in a way to where it's like, Oh, I'm not worth nothing. They not think about you because they got so much going other on. stuff going on. Imagine <laughs> being a CEO. You got a family at home, a wife to take care of, kids yep. to take care of, an entire corporation to take yep. care of. You got to talk to this person in this country, that person in this country. You don't even speak the language. Right. So they got so much going on, and you expect them to know you after one handshake. After y'all met <laughs> at the gas station somewhere, <laughs> yeah, like you're so, just going to keep remembering yeah. or see whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, all these all these instances end up leaving people's minds. So you got to be able to do something that's going to strike them. That's you know right. what I'm saying? You got to be able oh, I'm going to remember that guy. I got to make sure I remember that guy. And if you see him at an event again and they don't remember you, if you feel like introducing yourself again, do it again. And this time, come with something else. You know what I'm saying? Tell them a little bit of something else. Or ask them. It's it's questions you can ask people that make them remember you. Like, stuff out of the blue. Like, everybody get asked how my day was, how was this, how was that. But if you go up to somebody with an uncanny question, like, when's your birthday? You know, they're going to be like, oh, no, he asked me when my birthday birthday is. Yeah, Yeah, he asked me when my birthday was, or he asked me where I was from. You know what I'm saying? He said I had an accent. So Mm -hmm. being able to point out the stuff that people think you're not thinking about is what's going to make them click that light to make them remember you. And it's, I don't know, because all... A lot of the responses that we have are on autopilot. Yep. People be like, how's your day? Even if it's a bad day, you be good. like, it's cool. It's cool. Good. <laughs> I'm chilling. How you, you, know? how you feeling? Fine. I'm all right. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go, well, how's your mom doing? You go, oh. Wow. Dang. Now I got to answer yeah, that. Now, yeah, yeah. So yep. you, can't, you can't just let that one fly off the dome. So right. you're waking their brain up. We operate in 
a lot of the day we spend it could be spent daydreaming. Like we don't even realize it, but mm-hmm. the time going by and we like, uh. and if nothing is like jarring at our brain to be used, the brain is not gonna be used. It's it's always on low power mode if it can be. Wow, that's if a you good way of putting if it. you can cruise, your brain is gonna let you cruise. Yeah. But if you constantly challenging yourself or hitting yourself with different questions, and then even being on um social media, like I understand social media, a big part of stuff is here. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's, it's gonna be here and it's gonna be there. And it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So understand how to utilize it. You know what I'm saying? If you soaking in content, all right, soak in some content that might stick or may not stick, but it's still beneficial. Yeah. If you're sitting down watching funny videos all day, you're not getting nothing out of it. Right. If I'm scrolling and I hear a few motivational quotes, I might not remember them verbatim, but if something strikes me, I'm going to sit down and listen. Yep. And then people got to challenge themselves to start getting into more long-form content. You mm. know what I'm saying? Not to uh, what they call not to advertise the podcast, but not even my podcast. If you find a podcast, mm-hmm. go listen to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And challenge yourself to sit down and try to listen at least halfway through. Mm-hmm. Because instead of it being 15 seconds that you got this new video, this new video, this new video, it's 30 minutes of the same thing in your brain. Like, oh, now I can focus. So yeah. it's like understanding how to rebuild your focus, and that's one thing I had to do because I noticed. I'll be on social media and there'll be a video over 20 seconds. I'm like, man, I don't want to watch that. It's long. Yeah, yeah but now yeah. I, sometimes I look at a video and I'll be like, mm, you know, I'm going to sit here and watch it. Even if it's something I don't necessarily want to watch, I'm yeah. going to force myself to sit down and take in this. Even if I don't do nothing with it later, it's the fact that I was able to be able to focus on something. That exercise of yeah, focusing. Yeah, just learning how to focus. And then when, when we able to refocus ourselves and be able to absorb long-form content, a lot of stuff would be easier to do in terms of just operating your daily life. If you're so used to um, seeing these 10-second videos on TikTok or yeah. on Instagram, you're going to get used to having 10-second interactions in yeah, real people, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to be like, all right, why is he talking to me past 10 seconds? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Why is this dude yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, I don't know what he's saying past 10 seconds. Yeah. I don't really care to listen, but... If you're able to watch a two-minute video, you'll be able to have a two-minute conversation. Yeah. And people don't even realize that that's a real connection. Like, yo, all of your body is one muscle. You know you got the different muscle groups, but one thing I learned is it's all the same muscle. And I learned that wow. from track. So that's why you got to That's why you gotta move, uh, not, not unilaterally, because that's the same motion, but like, boom. You know how to Multiple do an A-skip. Yeah, 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 so it's like... My right hand got to go up, my left hand got to go up, because it's one muscle, you know what I'm saying? Wow. It's, if, it's, if I do my right hand and my right foot at the same time, it's going to be harder to move because they're on the same side. But mm-hmm. if I can work the opposites, boom, now I'm running, now I'm walking. So it's being able to understand that rhythm comes from your entire body being connected. Your, your hands are connected, your arms are connected. If one thing happens in your lower back, it can mess with your hamstrings. If yep. your hamstrings are tight, it can mess with your lower back. The problem is not always where you think it is, because that specific area... Isn't just you know what I'm saying yeah, it's that not area. There. Yeah. yeah, so it's gonna have an effect on your entire body. So when you understand that everything you do counts towards something, that's understanding that your whole body is connected. Everything I'm doing got got something to do with what I got. That's 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 powerful. Everything I do is connected to something. Right? Yeah, no, nothing is in vain. Yeah, it's all connected. It all so, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's powerful. I bro. saw that on a video on TikTok. See? You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. like. It all counts. Sometimes we just think the good things count, or we just think the bad things count. But yeah. no, the good and the bad things count. All count. You know what I'm saying? So staying up late, going out late, being up late, that counts. It counts. Going to sleep early, waking up early, working out, that counts, counts as well. Yeah. And if you do more good things that count, 
it'll counteract the bad things that's happening. But that's not saying that the bad things aren't happening. You just letting your good outweigh your bad. Right, mm-hmm. right. No, that's good. That's good. Those, those yeah. are keys to success. Yeah. Yeah, you dropping gems, brother. <laughs> yeah. So what, what's the... Let me think. What's the... I got a question. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. Since you have... Moved into this environment. Yeah, this is a this is an even huger environment. You at SC, yeah, way more. <laughs> you know, somebody's like like my daughter wants to come to SC, and one thing that they said was, when you're like in high school, you're like probably the top. Yeah, in you're your cream of the crop. You're 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 her. You're him. Yeah. Then you come here. Everybody's that <laughs> everybody. <person. laughs> so how how have you? Because you sent somehow you have maneuvered and you your confidence is and mm-hmm. you doing your thing. How does yeah. it, how has that been? So it's like, in terms of what? How's it just, been? Just just your experience. Oh, just being able to do that? Just to be in in this ocean. Because now you're in the ocean. Yeah. Let's use it that way. I remember having this conversation with my uh, college counselor in, in high school. And I know he wasn't trying to throw no shade on me, but he was saying, look, Austin, knowing you, you can go to a smaller school and run it. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a school like USC, man, this is, it's a, you a little fish in a big ocean. Mm-hmm. But... He not knowing my mindset is I'm a shark anywhere I'm a shark. I go. That's you what I was thinking. I said, your brother's a shark. I'm a shark. You know yeah, I need saying? the ocean. Yeah, I need it. <laughs> yes, sir. They not knowing that the goldfish only grow to the size of his tank. Put yeah. me in a bigger tank. Put me, Put yeah, me in a bigger what, area. Absolutely. So it's like being able to be the top of be the top of the kids at my high school or whatever, and then walking in, not expecting nothing less. You know what I'm saying? From myself, at least. If I walk in with the expectation that I'm gonna run stuff. It's gonna go against me. But if I walk in with the expectation of like, all right, no, nah, this is who I wanna be. How do I do it? What do I do? What steps can I take? All right, boom. I'm running this. Who can I run this on? You know what I'm saying? So meet this person, this person, this person. Not knowing I'm gonna meet them, but after I meet them, understanding that it's something there, like, all right, this is somebody I should be around. Cause they uplift me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? These are good friends. So when you know people and you treat them well and you be all of yourself, be fully authentic. They more willing to introduce you to the people that they know. So now I'm talking to this person, but they cousin go here too. So now I know a junior. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that junior got friends, and the junior talked to me, and they cool with me. So they want to introduce me to that friend. You know what I'm saying? But being able to get outside of yourself and not understand, not 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 understand, but um, not let the environment dictate you, but be able to dictate the environment. Now I can't run all of USC yet. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I heard that. Notice that that yet <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. I can't run all of it yet, but I can do all in my power to try to get to the top of whatever community I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a freshman, but I try not to. I try not to blame that on everything. Like sometimes it, it get discouraging that I'm not at a certain point, and I'll be like, awesome. Got to remember, you're only a freshman. Yeah, you took some big strides. Yeah. But then I'll be like. It don't matter that I'm just a freshman. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just it's a counteracting battle, and it get hard sometimes. But being able to be aware that that battle is going on is something else. But yeah. I don't know. Being able to step on campus and just be, just be like, uh. It, I, I heard it already. The yeah. answer is your self-identity. Yeah. You, you already knew. You. I'm, I'm a shark. I'm <laughs> supposed to be in the ocean. No, that's, you're supposed to be here, yeah. right? That's powerful, brother. It's that's crazy, powerful. man. But That's powerful. Duh. We coming up on a hour already. I don't know if you want to keep going. What you want to do, man? Yeah, we got it because I got it. Yeah, you got to dip. All right, so we got to what I wanted to get to, and if we ever come back, we'll talk about... One thing I really wanted to talk about was the two-parent household versus the one-parent household. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish we could get into that. We could we could touch on it a little bit. A little bit? Mm-hmm. All right, bet. We can do like the last 10 minutes. That'll make it an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah let's yeah. do it. All right, go ahead. So what you... What's your question on that? Just... 
I was listening to this podcast called Freakonomics. Okay. Freakonomics Radio or something. It's on Apple Podcasts for sure. And he was he did this interview with this economist, and she was talking about how it's true two parent households are better than um one parent households or whatever. And then she was just explaining like the uh the dang how did it go? She was talking, man. She was like, oh, two parent households are like more likely to be college educated parents. You know what I'm saying? And then. Mm-hmm. They get married because of like association of the groups that they was in. Like most of the parents that met in college, they'll probably get married and had kids, and then they more stable because they had this higher level of education, and then they understand what come with being 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 this this and that, and then showering their kid with opportunities versus the one parent household where it's like, even in the black community, the black mom is probably the strongest character we got, but that can be toxic sometimes because they feel like they it just got to be them. So mm-hmm. even when a man is trying to come in their life to help them out. It can be hard to recognize that sometimes, and they'll push them off. Yeah, I've seen it happen, but yeah, yeah but, but understanding that if that if I got anything, I don't. So know. I mean, there's a few things we could talk about on that, but again, again in our communities, a lot of times we're talking back back to a lot of these trauma responses and things and these cultural norms. Yeah, a lot of our cultural norms are out of survival. Mm-hmm. Like talking about parent, like I grew up with just moms. Yeah, uh, you know, my pops was never a factor of my life, right? And, you know, and a lot, and pretty much, in my book, I talk about pretty much everybody that I knew. It was the same way. Literally. Yeah. So, a lot of times you don't know something is not, quote, unquote, normal. Yeah, that's but, what she was saying. Go yeah, ahead, keep going. Until you, until you get out of it and you see something mm-hmm. else. So, if I, if I ain't got no pops in my house, none of my cousins do. My girlfriends don't. The homies don't. I mean, this is like, what it is. I guess he ain't supposed to be here. Yeah. And, it, and, and then you meet somebody who has it, and it's like, what, what is going on? Yeah, what's, right? this, what's this household? How, yeah. how does this work? What you mean he in your life? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I was fortunate to have my dad and my... He wasn't in the household, but he was still in my he life. Was in so your I, was life able, I was able to go to his house and then able to go back to my mom's house. It was split back and forth. But yeah, even That's when That's co-parenting. I, yeah, even when I was at my mama's house, it was the same way. It was like... Dang, y'all, y'all dads live with y'all. Like, yeah, like what? Y'all not, they not separating and do I, it. How that t- work? Yeah. yeah, you're like, how that work? Yeah. And the thing is, again, and then I, you know how you mentioned like the sisters and stuff. Like what I would share, I just shared this. I literally just had this conversation. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just leave it at this when it comes to this. I'll tell this story. Yeah. A mother was teaching her daughter how to cook a turkey. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lasana Hotep, first of all, because he the one that gave me, who told me this story. So I got to. Give yeah, props for props. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so a mother was teaching her daughter how to cook a turkey. Mm-hmm. She said, baby, the way you cook a turkey is you cut it in half, you season each half real good, and you put the turkey in, cut the, you know, with one half, cook it, mm-hmm. and then you put the other one in and cook it. So you mm-hmm. cook it one by one. So the daughter was like, why, why not just put the whole turkey in? Why cut it in half? Mm-hmm. She said, because when you cut it in half, the seasonings and all that stuff, and it gets in there and it gets real tender. Mm-hmm. She said, Mama, who taught you how to cook a turkey? She said, your grandmama taught me. And someone's sitting right, so she said, I'm going to call Granny. Granny, why do you teach Mama to cut the turkey in half and put it in half at a time? Yeah. She said, baby, because that's how you get it all tenderized, <laughs> right? And that's where you know you get the juices and all of that. Uh-huh. She said, Granny, who taught you how to cook a turkey? She said, well, my mama taught me. Yeah. Great grandma was still alive. She said, something ain't right. Let me call great granny. Yeah. Great granny, why you teach grandmama to cut the turkey in half? Mm-hmm. She said, well, babe, 
because our oven was so small, <laughs> we can only fit a half a turkey in at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what goes on in our communities. Some mm-hmm. of this stuff was out of survival. Mm-hmm. And we've created these narratives and values and stuff like that to make it seem like this is just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And we do the same thing in, in our relationships. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, due to all kinds of different reasonings, the mom may not be with the father. You yeah. know, it, it, it happens. Yeah. But let's not make it seem like it's a badge of honor. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's because <laughs> and make all these grand stories like it's a badge of honor. No, no, no. There's healing in us being together. Yeah. Even if we're not living together, like you're saying, we're co-parenting or whatever. There's healing and there's power in us knowing how to work with one another. Yeah. So I would just say this going back to with these cultural norms. Mm-hmm. They're here. And some of these cultural norms have kept us safe. Yeah. In, in that particular time, mm-hmm. just like it was a survival mechanism to cut the turkey in half. There's, yeah. there's no diss to cutting the turkey in half. Yeah. Using that analogy. But if I have an oven big enough for the whole turkey, I don't have to keep cutting it in half. Mm-hmm. If I have the opportunity to do something different, I don't have to keep going back to those trauma responses, to those struggles. You know, yeah. let's do something new. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would say that. I mean, I know that's there's a lot to that conversation. Yeah, but just really, though, yeah. yeah, just thinking about some of what we call normal. Yeah. And first, let's acknowledge that it ain't normal. it ain't normal. <laughs> it ain't healthy, at least. Yeah, it ain't healthy. Yeah. And we don't have to cre- create these narratives. No, mm-hmm. it ain't about the seasoning. No, yeah. it ain't about. The, it was about it's survival. The oven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a survival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the oven. Yeah. Right. And then one thing to just wrap that whole thing up to notice about the story is like. You notice it took what four generations, generations for somebody to look up and say, "Why are we doing this?" Yes, it's it's. I read it in a book somewhere, and I leave it on this. It's like at that point when you able to uh, look up and recognize that what's going around you isn't normal, mm-hmm. you become the parent of the parent. Yeah. So now you gotta reteach the parent how to parent, and you're not telling them to do their job or nothing, but you're like. No, you can't do this. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they just reacting off what they learned what growing they up. Learned. And then the person before them just reacting off of what they learned right. growing up. But, yeah, I'll talk about that more maybe on another episode. That would yeah. be good to, yeah, to yeah. pick up on that because how do you do that, right? Because yeah, now so, it's like, who you th- you think you know everything, right? <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. You can, um to end off, if you got a quote of the day, do you have one? Just to say. The same thing I always say with people. Give yourself permission to be great. Nice. Walk in it. Yeah. Don't apologize for your greatness. Yep. And then if everybody is still listening, you can shout your book out and stuff. Or yeah. You my, do. Again, my name is Kron Valentine. My book is Beyond the Crack Generation. Check that out. Also have curriculums for those who work in the school districts. Live above the height. Yeah. We could talk about that another time. All right. And I mean, I'm do. I'm, I'm on social media a little more. So my IG is Live Above It. Find right. me at Live Above It. Thanks right, for having man. me, brother. No problem, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. <laughs>